All right, well, welcome again, everyone, uh, this morning uh, here to Lord of Grace. Welcome again, everyone who's watching online, and uh, glad you could be joining us in this time. Uh, I was watching, a few years ago, I was watching a movie. Uh, it was showing these kids at a fundamentalist Bible camp, and they were interviewing this girl. The producers were interviewing this girl. She was maybe... 12, maybe 13, and they were asking her what it's like, or what she felt it was like to be a part of a church that was very charismatic, where they were doing lots of speaking in tongues, uh, very visible gifts of the Spirit. And she said, uh, she said all that was happening at her church because they were a church of the Spirit. And other churches, she said, they just sit there and they take a book and they sit down, and they stand up, and they read, and, the, and God is not present with them because the Spirit is not there. And I was like, wow. For a 13-year-old, she's really concerned about denominational differences. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, and so according to her, churches that weren't always actively speaking in tongues weren't really even real churches. Now, do I think she was coached? Yes, I do. Um, I will admit, I've not run into a lot of 13-year-olds who are really concerned about the authenticity of one's spiritual gifts. Um, usually there's other concerns that junior high kids are worried about. Uh, so yes, I think it was parents or somebody that was coaching her to say that, uh, to basically imply that those of us, you know, more mainline churches, more liturgical churches, people like us Lutherans, that we weren't really as real a Christians as they were and, uh, and, and that somehow the Spirit isn't really there with us and uh, that, that, that if we're not speaking in tongues, our faith is fake. And she's not the first one I've heard who said this. Uh, and, I, and, you know, I get miffed. This is my faith. That's a slam on me, right? It's a slam on my church, but it's also a misunderstanding of how the New Testament teaches about spiritual gifts. Because the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, maybe half the New Testament, he was clear that speaking in tongues was not the most important spiritual gift and that he, he said it was not necessary that one speak in tongues to be a real Christian. Uh, and he had, he had this problem in his churches you know, sort of those who are sitting there uh, who had this gift, and then they would look down on others. You know, I'm a better Christian than you because I got more gifts than you. Na, 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 na. And, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul said, you know, all your gifts don't matter if you don't have love. Right? That's 1 Corinthians 13, the one we always read at weddings, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. The reason Paul gives that whole dissertation on what love is is because of people who had the flashy spiritual gifts, pointing their fingers and judging others. Because, you know, nothing says I love you like you're less than me and I'm better than you, na, 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 right? And so he said, all those gifts don't matter if you don't have love. <laughs> yes, those gifts are good. Pursue love. Pursue Jesus Christ. And so those of us in more mainline churches who don't speak in tongues as often, uh, we don't ban it. Uh, if you do start speaking in tongues, I'm not going to have the ushers drag you out or anything. Uh, but, you know, we kind of want to know. 
And when you see something happening, when you see someone speaking, someone prophesying, you, you want to know if what they're saying is really coming from God. Uh, you know, how, how do I know this person is real? How do I know they're not making it up? How do I know they're not delusional? Or uh, is there a mental health issue? Uh, are they doing it for attention? How do you know? Uh, because all your prophesying doesn't do any good unless we know that your prophesying comes from God. So we Lutherans tend to be maybe a little bit more cautious about these things. We want a little bit more accountability. We want to know, as they would say in spiritual language, what spirit you're channeling when you're talking. Well, guess what? There's actually a spiritual gift for telling the difference. It's called discernment of spirits. And discernment's kind of a fancy name for figuring out, telling the difference, right? This is, this is our uh, uh, New Testament reading. It's in your bulletins there, right? 1 John 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. See, so that, that this is an issue. This is a problem as old as Christianity. It's not just me being a fuddy-duddy. Right? By this you know the Spirit of God. Verse 2. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And then it goes on a little bit about the Antichrist. And then it will jump to the end here. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves God is born of God and knows God. So test the spirits, but make sure the spirits teach love. So you can see this was an issue. So in it, you get some criteria here. So what are some of the criteria for telling the difference? One, a spirit that is from God confesses Jesus in the flesh. Kind of an interesting one. It was a big deal back then because there were a lot of Christians who had a really hard time believing that Jesus could be really human, that, that, that he really had, had passions and human weaknesses, that he suffered, uh, that, that he really could be flesh and God. And they had such a hard time with that that a lot of people were teaching that he was really basically just a ghost. He was a spirit in a material world uh, floating around. He didn't really suffer. He was pretending to suffer or something. And so here it says, no. If a spirit says that Jesus wasn't flesh, that spirit's not from God. What else? The spirit must confess Jesus. Sounds like a simple thing. Not something else. No other Lord no other God, no other power, no other Savior, no human that you're supposed to give that kind of loyalty or worship to. Jesus is Lord, and that's it. What else? The Spirit comes from God or the Antichrist. And I know us modern people, we love to talk about the Antichrist because we all got that crazy aunt who runs around and everything is the Antichrist, right? You know, this Hollywood actor is the Antichrist, and that politician is the Antichrist. And they throw that word around, so we kind of go, eh. But what John is saying here is that any spirit that moves in you is either from God or it's not from God. And we don't live in a world with lots of different spirits, like, like a lot of the Greeks did, like a lot of my ancestors did. You know, they believed in a world with all sorts of spirits, and some were 
kind of good and some were bad and a lot were just kind of in between and some were indifferent and some would be nice if you gave them an offering and the world and that was everything and what John is saying is no the spirits they come from God or they're not from God and that's it so what else the spirit of God is greater than the spirit of the world the spirit of God is greater they're not two equals dueling it out the earth is not, you know, the, the, the eternal thunderdome of God versus Satan battling it out. I cringe at some of the camp skits that I did that acted that out in clown face. Trust me, there are no pictures. Don't go looking. You're not going to find me in clown face pretending to be Satan. So, um, what else? Five. The world listens to the spirits that are not from God because the people of the world are of the world. So in the Gospel of John and in the letters of John, that phrase comes up over and over, of the world. And it's a way of saying that there's a different way of thinking and being and seeing when you get everything from the culture and the world around you versus when you get it from God. And the, the difference between spirits, is the, the difference between someone speaking from God and not from God, is whether what they're saying is of the world or not of the world. And people who live in the world like the worldly spirits because it validates them, right? We're human beings. We like to hear what validates us. So this is the million-dollar question then. How do I know what is of the world and what is not? And the answer is a lot simpler than you think. It's Jesus. If it's of Jesus, it's not of the world. Of the world, it's not of Jesus. You don't need to make this overly complicated. It's all about Jesus, right? This is Jesus versus the world on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It didn't work at the first service either. Nobody liked it. Sunday, maybe I need to change my tone. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. There we go. Muffle it a little bit. <laughs> of course, this is Super Bowl Sunday, 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 right? What is Jesus about? 1 John 4, here it says, again, beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God for God is love. So love, love is from God. If the spirit is loving, then the spirit is from God. That's what Jesus was. He was loving. And that's easy enough thing to agree on, right? It's where love runs into our worldly nature our worldly passions, that's where we start having problems. So take, take one simple command from Jesus. I say simple because it doesn't take a lot of words, but not because it's easy to do. Love your enemies. Right? Jesus says that. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. It's a verse I think we like just about as much as, Woe to you who are rich, and take up your cross and follow me. And why do we like it? Because it goes, it goes against every fiber of our being, right? You know, when I'm hurt, when I hurt, I want to get even, right? That's my instinct. <laughs> I want to get even when I've been wrong, and I want those who wronged me to hurt. I want that, I want to, and I want to see them hurt. You know, if I've been humiliated, if I feel like I've been laughed at, I want them to feel the pain too and show some respect, right? I'm mad. Someone's got to pay. And when you feel that, 
when that's welling up inside me, that's the world talking. That's the spirit of the world talking. That's not God. Usually when you hear that phrase, of the world, or worldly passions, usually when people are talking about that, it's the usual sex, drugs, and immodest clothing or something, right? And, uh, and I'm not going to say that isn't part of it, but in some way I think that's almost too easy because it lets you off the hook of the real hard parts of being a follower of Jesus. And because you can be the chastest, purest, soberest, modestest person in the world and still be mean and judgmental and rude, it, it, it can let you off the hook if you reduce all of it to that. So I made a little chart, a little chart. I'm a nerd. I like charts. It's on the cover of your bulletin. If you're watching on Facebook, I did post it on the Facebook page. And if you're on YouTube, I'm going to have a, we're going to throw it on the screen. I'll read off some of the differences between following the Spirit of God and following the Spirit of the world. So, where the Spirit of the world wants rightness, for me to be right, the Spirit of God wants us to seek the common good. Where the Spirit of the world wants us to hate the Spirit of God wants love. Where one spirit teaches us to desire revenge, the other teaches forgiveness and love. Where one teaches defensiveness, the other invites us to be open and vulnerable. Where the spirit of the world fills us with fear, the Spirit of God wants us to embrace others. Where the spirit of the world wants us to remember our grievances and nurse those grievances and keep score, the spirit of God tells us to be hopeful and forgiving. Well, the world says violence is the answer. The spirit of God says sacrifice is the answer. When the world says protect my tribe and my group and my family and my clan and my, my, my little whatever, the Spirit of God says, wait, we are all God's children. Right? When the Spirit of the world is filling us with pride and honor, the Spirit of Jesus says, be humble. These are the kind of things that make the Spirit of the God and the Spirit of the world different. It's way bigger than clothes and vices. Nothing, comes, nothing that comes from the Spirit of God will ever tell you to hate or get even. That's the world talking. And how do we know? Because that's what Jesus did. And you can see the Spirit of God at work there. So, for the last few weeks, uh, I've been talking about uh, spiritual gifts. And this week's spiritual gift is discernment of spirits. Right? It's that fancy way of saying, how can I tell if this is from God or not? And yeah, there's a very kind of charismatic side to it. As I say, somebody could be in church and start speaking and prophesying. Um, and so somebody with that gift could then, at that moment, be able to say, the Spirit would be in them and say, I can tell that prophecy is from God, but that guy's just making it up. 
But it could also be much deeper than that. Is the Spirit, is what I'm hearing teaching love, humility, nonviolence? Or is it teaching pride and honor and grievance? You know, more often the evil spirits aren't coming to us like, uh, you know, like you read in the Gospel of Mark where, you know, these evil spirits will feel like a whole bunch of pigs, you know, and Jesus will come up to the pigs and then suddenly the pigs will start talking and go, Jesus, we are legion. Because that's how demons talk, right? That's what the Bible said. But that's kind of the image. You know, you, 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 somebody gets possessed or something. That, I don't, you, evil spirits don't usually talk like that. More often, they're kind of like that little voice, the voice in the back of your head that says, it's okay in this instance to hate because, you know, you're really just protecting yourself. They're telling you to be afraid, to be very afraid. See, only the worst and darkest motives in everybody who's different. That, that spirit of the world is telling you to put aside your ethical convictions for a moment because this is serious stuff. And they fan your rage and your anger and your hurts and your grievances and they get you riled up and you don't even realize it's happening to you. And that's when you've been possessed by a spirit that's not from God. It's way more subtle and unconscious than, you know, the demon that makes you float on top of the bed and makes your head turn around while Max von Sydow tries to say uh, the magic words that'll make you sink back down again. For those of you who remember your 70s movies. The spirit of the world tells you that Jesus' way is too unrealistic. It's too hard to actually do. It's too impossible for the real world. That, that all that love and forgiveness and, and, and humility stuff, you know, that, that's nice for heaven but, uh, you know, this is the real world, and, and we got enemies. We got to keep at bay. Jesus didn't say that. If you want to know what really is or is not an evil spirit, just go back and look at Jesus and say, what did he do and what did he say? And is this consistent? Did Jesus get even? Did he get revenge? Did he say, love your enemies, but Pilate, you're going to get it. You know, I, I can love a lot of enemies, but... Pilate, you're, you're, you're dirt. And Pilate was dirt. No, he didn't say that. The gift of discerning spirits can be, can be for those moments when you're trying to understand a prophecy or tongues in worship. But the gift of comparing spirits to the teachings and acts of Jesus is something we all can do. And I promise you, that when you start to embrace the spirit of Jesus, that you start to become more aware of when the spirit of the world is in you and working in you, and when it starts working in your mind and your heart. And the spirit of Jesus makes you more aware of that and makes you start to go, wait, what's happening to me? I'm not becoming who I want to be. I'm not becoming the child of God that Jesus made me. I'm becoming angry and something else. And it makes you more aware so that the Spirit of God can make you free to follow His way. Amen.